Drafting Archetypes is brought to you by Game Grid Lehigh. Game Grid Lehigh is an amazing place to buy and sell Magic the Gathering singles. Whether you're building a new cube or crafting your new constructed deck, Game Grid Lehigh is the place to do it. Got a draft coming up with some friends? Buy some seal product here and get it quick. So click the referral link in the description to help out the show. And don't forget to use the code DRAFTPRO10 to get 10% off on your next order at gglehigh.com. Hi everyone, this is Sam Black with Drafting Archetypes, and this week we are going to take a first look at uh, uh, Dominaria United. The full spoiler is not available at the time of recording, so I'm doing this with around, I think, half the uncommons and half the commons. So pretty speculative, but I thought that there was enough to get kind of a sense of what's going on in the set, and I... don't think anyone's very interested in uh, the old formats and everyone's kind of excited for Dominaria, so I thought I would take a first early look here. As always, the notes are available at patreon.com slash draftingarchetypes, and you can follow along there if you are a a limited guru-level patron. Notes are pretty compact uh, for this episode, uh, since obviously there's not a lot of data or anything to work with. So... Usually, uh, rares kind of dominate people's attention during preview season, Uh, but if you're trying to figure out what's happening in Limited, uh, it's best to not pay too much attention to the rares. As always, when I'm looking for what's going on in a set, I start with the uncommons, particularly the gold uncommons, and then move on to the commons to try to figure out what themes are supported and what's going on. In this set, there are both gold uncommons and monocolored uncommons that have a kicker in another color that kind of function like extra gold uncommons. So there's uh, more to look at in terms of understanding what's going on with the uncommons. So from what I've been able to do to deduce from the cards that are available so far, it seems like blue and white is instants and sorceries matter as a theme, but instants and sorceries matter Uh, is kind of across a lot of blue archetypes. I think that blue kind of just cares about this, and then it cares about it in different ways with different colors. So with white, it seems to care about the interaction between instants and sorceries and small creatures. That could be creating tokens or tapping creatures for an effect. But there, there generally seems to be a small creatures plus instants and sorceries thing going on in blue-white. In blue-black... Instance and sorceries matter, but also discard and maybe your graveyard, maybe some mill stuff, um, maybe walls. Red black looks like it's doing some sacrificey stuff. Red green looks like it's doing caring about domain, but I think similarly to blue caring about spells, I think green is just going to kind of care about domain when it's paired with anything, and then it's. Cards do some kind of generic red and green things. There's some like putting lands into play and sacrificing lands and getting card advantage via attacking. Green-white is uh, like tokens and counters and domain. I think like white is kind of bringing tokens to that equation and green is kind of bringing domain. And then green and white together seem to be putting counters on uh, tokens and creatures and just making stuff bigger. More on what's going on there in a little bit. 
white black um seems to have some like go wide sacrifice aristocrats type stuff with some life draining again i think that like white is kind of just contributing tokens and black is probably just contributing like sacrifice and then the overlap adds some of that like typical white black your opponent loses life you gain life stuff blue red instance and sorceries in some capacity i'm not exactly sure what it's like special twist on it is the cards that we've seen have some like copying and stuff but it's pretty much like standard instant sorcery stuff green black has domain multiple like things that let you get creatures back from the graveyard might interact with some self-mill stuff that there is uh particularly in sultai it looks like you can do some like self-mill recursion type stuff Red, white, again, we see a go-wide theme with white. Um, here, it seems to be like there's some stuff that cares about attacking with multiple creatures and pumping your team and, you know, general like red, white token aggro stuff that we're pretty used to at this point. Blue, green, not a lot known. There's not actually a blue, green, gold card uh, revealed at this point. I wouldn't guess that tokens is the primary thing that it's up to. There is some kind of card that uses both blue and green mana and like makes a copy of a token. So apparently like it cares about tokens, presumably in a way where they're not all one ones. And that's what I was able to figure out so far. Overall impressions, big picture stuff. I think this set looks really cool. Um, I'm excited to play with it. So because there's uh, there are so many instant sorceries matter themes that care about like casting instants and sorceries, there are a lot of cantrips that like do something little and then generate some extra effect and draw a card or do like some little effect and draw a card. And a lot of those have kicker. So you can decide if you want to like just cycle it early if it doesn't look like it's going to line up or if you need to find a land or whatever. Or hold on to it for a time when its little effect is going to be relevant or hold on to it for a time when you can pay the kicker. And then when you can pay the kicker, you get to decide how much you want to try to optimize. Like, okay, do I am I just casting this now because I have enough mana, or am I going to try to find the perfect spot to get the most out of it? And in a set that has kicker in general, that's kind of the fundamental, like, strategic question that uh, this format's asking that not all formats ask is, like, when do you want to use your cards? Do you want to play this now, or do you want to hold on to it for more value in a really, like front-facing obvious way right like normally in magic you can use your removal spell like your two-man removal spell to kill their two drop or you can hold on and wait until they play a four drop and get more value by killing a more expensive creature with it but here when you wait you also get to spend extra mana and get an extra effect out of it so there's more incentive to wait to get the most out of your cards but you know the more your opponent's incentivized to wait around the more you might be incentivized to act and get ahead also the kickers are all off color stuff um i believe maybe not literally all but i think all and at least most um and what that means is you might play some cards that you might not have a lot of ways in your deck to kick. And that'll create some more interesting situations. Well, both decisions about how to build your mana base and also questions about like, there's kind of a different calculus involved when you're like, okay, in two turns, I'll be able to kick this. I just, you know, I have three mana, this is five mana to kick. So I'll have five mana two turns from now and then I can kick this. Where like, you might be in a spot where you're like, well, I have enough mana to kick this, but I don't have my missing color yet. 
How many sources that color do I have? How likely am I to find it soon? Do I want to wait for that or do I just want to use this now? I think all that's going to be pretty fun. So excited to play with, you know, just good for all the reasons Kicker is normally good, but uh, Kicker is a good mechanic. And then the off-color thing I think is going to create particularly interesting decisions in drafting, deck building, and gameplay, all of them um, in pretty direct ways. Drafting, just like managing what's going on with your colors, figuring out how to value a kicker in a color that you're not going to have regular access to. Deck building, of course, figuring out how to build your mana base, how much to prioritize those like splash kickers and stuff like that. And then uh, gameplay, figuring out the stuff that I talked about, about just like when to use your cards and how to think about like your splashed cards and mana situation and everything. The other thing that's going on here that I think is really cool is that the themes have overlap in a wide range of color combinations. Like because it seems like tokens is centered in white and domain is centered in green and instants and sorceries matter is centered in blue and maybe sacrifice in black i'm not really sure yet maybe like uh attack i'm not sure exactly what red's up to but likely something and because the themes seem to be centered in one color and then kind of do different things when they play with each other there are going to be cards kind of all across colors that how to put this basically like for example you can have a deck that makes a bunch of tokens and then uh, you can figure out like the, there's this. The next question is, what am I doing with these tokens? Am I putting counters on them and you uh, using them to attack? And then I'm looking for like green stuff that puts counters on it. Maybe red stuff that likes to attack with a bunch of tokens. Am I sacrificing them for value? Maybe I want to look for black stuff that's doing that. Uh, am I trying to just kind of have them hang out and like tapping them to get extra effects off my instance or something, or just kind of like using them defensively, then maybe I'm looking for blue stuff. And because all of the colors have ways to use tokens and all of the colors have ways to contribute to what you're doing with your instance and sorceries, I think that often your drafts are going to be less about which colors am I in and more about which themes am I looking for. We might have multiple three, four, five color decks that are like doing domain stuff and could cast any spell, but they'll be prioritizing spells very, very differently based on what kind of their main color is and what their central theme is and what kind of stuff they're trying to do. So I think the decks will uh, each be bringing kind of a unique strategy and that's going to be pretty cool because it means that while you're drafting white, you're going to evaluate the white cards really differently depending on which subset of the white cards you're you're looking for. Like, are you looking for the token stuff? Are you looking for support for something else? So I think that this is going to be a set, just, you know, first impressions where, you know, for example, just like looking at the 17 lands win rate for commons isn't going to be a great indicator of which commons you should take more highly than others halfway through the draft. Because I think that not all decks that have white mana are going to be looking for similar cards. Purely speculative, obviously a lot could change, especially if there are certain overpowered commons that lead everything down a certain direction, or if some of the archetypes end up under-supported. There are a lot of ways this could go wrong, but assuming that everything that looks at this stage to have been cleverly built into the set, which I'm usually willing to give them credit for, 
I think we could see some really cool stuff happening in terms of card valuation and different strategies, uh, like just the interplay between them. So other overlap, uh, some like mill recursion stuff that can exist in different places. And so, yeah, basically, I think that when you're drafting, you'll be rewarded. Like the idea of finding your lane is going to be less about what are the open colors and more about what are the open clusters of synergies, you know, is instance and sorceries open in whatever colors happen to be there is, you know, aggro stuff available is control stuff available, whatever it is. I like what all of that implies to me about how the drafts are going to be. Without a full list of cards or any data, we're obviously taking a very, very um, kind of broad view of what's happening here. So that's that's it. That's that's what I have to tell you about my first impressions. Biggest first impression, it looks good. I'm excited. A lot of people have been asking me about whether I'm excited for Dominaria, and I've been saying, you know, I'm always excited for any new set. And I think, you know, seeing kind of like the new takes... Uh, on some of the old legends is cool anyone who played magic throughout uh magic's history the first time on dominaria has a lot of you know nostalgia for some of the like names here and stuff but mechanics wise i think this is going to be good uh this looks um i'm hoping like a you know better version of the previous dominaria set um similar things going on in terms of like it's a set with kicker but uh ideally more interesting stuff going on with the multicolor stuff and the splash color kickers and the domain angle. So uh, with that said, I'm going to turn this over to Twitch chat for any questions or thoughts they have here. Asking about individual cards that are particularly interesting to you is acceptable at this point. I do have the spoiler pulled up um, and can talk about that. I'm not going to try to talk about everything, but if there are any cards that people are specifically interested in, we can touch on that. While I'm waiting for questions here, uh, reminder, as we get back into the swing of things with Dominaria, this podcast will return to its general premise and method of functioning. Um, each week I'll be talking about another archetype, uh, whatever those archetypes end up being. I'm not sure that they will be color pairs this time around, but we will see. And I know there is kind of a rough ride here in terms of consistency of the podcast and everything. I think everything should be back in full swing. So if you want to get on board, see the notes, you know, support the program, patreon.com slash drafting archetypes would be the website for you to check out. First question, would a prismatic omen or Nylea's presence type effect, uh, if it's in the set, be good with cards with seen now also would you like to see one thinking and fixing for the five color stuff and domain so i don't does nylea's presence literally make a single land every land type prismatic omen makes all of your lands every land type i think such a thing would not be good to print in this set because it solves the problem too easily like i think that the idea of trying to like get all the different lands is not very interesting if you have like a single two mana cantrip that just gives them to you. So I I doubt that will exist, and I think it would be kind of problematic if it did. I could see something that you know maybe like when you play it you choose a single land type and you like add that land type to a land or something. But I would not want to see such a thing outside of rare in this set. If there was a rare that did it and you're like okay cool. 
Uh, now I have this rare, if I draw domains on, that might be fine, but it would be pretty lame, I think, if a single common just solved all domain for you. As far as thinking of it for fixing in five colors, I think that it would be, you know, it's cool if there's like a prophetic prism type card that helps you with your splashes without solving domain for you, but I would not want to see a card that both totally solves domain and fixes your mana. I think that would be too powerful in a way that would make the set less interesting. Next question. Do you think this will be a fast draft set with a lot of two and three drops or will it be slower? It would be pretty disappointing if the best strategy in this format was to like end the game on turn six or whatever by curving out. It would be weird to print a bunch of cards that cost, you know, five to seven mana to kick them and have those not like matter and to like tell people, hey, try to get like four or five different lands into play. But by the way, if you put mana into doing that, you're just going to die. So I would hope that this is toward the slower end of formats. It is good if there's like enough pressure that sometimes you need to cast your spells without kicking them so that there are like interesting choices about like kick or don't kick and everything. Zendikar actually is a set that's famously extremely aggressive, original Zendikar, extremely aggressive and also had kicker as a mechanic. And I do think that kicker didn't really get to shine because the set was a little bit too aggressive. So I would certainly hope that it's a little bit slower than that. Obviously, not having played it and not having even seen all of the commons and uncommons, I can't know for sure, but I don't think there are any mechanics that are really punishing of trying to block or like give uh, attack, like, you know, an exert or landfall type mechanic that makes attacking a lot better than blocking. I, d I don't believe there's something like that. So. I think that this will most likely not be on the faster end of formats. Looking at a new set like this, how big a deal is it to you that lightning strikes there at common? It seems like a set with a lot of small creatures uh, where that'll have a lot of targets, but also there is a lot of secondary value, so maybe less so. Yeah, given that tokens seems to be like a big thing and there's you know a good amount of recursion and... Uh, stuff like that. I think that Lightning Strike, I mean, it's fine. Like, it's an efficient removal spell. It's not going to be a bad card, but it's not going to be, you know, dominant the way that, like, Inspiring Overseer is. Like, it just can't be. Uh, th there will be cards that get the best of Lightning Strike, and there will be cards that Lightning Strike get the best of, and I think that's all fine. Haven't seen much fixing at common thus far. How do you expect Domain to play out? Uh, like, do you expect five-color stuff to be viable? There are some, you know, green cards that search for lands and have, like, kicker to do something else. There are also a lot of cantrips, which, of course, help. I think that it would be weird if there was not a viable way to, like, have a deck that hoped to get all five basic land types into play. I, I suspect that there will be card decks that play domain cards that maybe can't get all five into play. And I think that the ones that do will still very much have like a single or two uh, base colors. But I also think that, you know, this, as far as we know, isn't like a dedicated gold set. And it's not, you know, like Streets of New Capenna had really hard multicolor requirements, right? Like it had like 
cards that cost three mana of three different colors. So you needed your mana to just like totally work right away. This set has a lot of cards that actually have double color, like two of the same color in their casting cost. Um, and not a ton of like really hard gold cards. So that makes me think that it is intended that you will be, you know, have some like base colors and then splashes rather than like be solid three. And the way that the kickers work is very much like nice to have, right? Like there, it will be reasonable to build a deck where like early I don't plan to have blue mana, but I might have blue mana eventually and it would make some of my cards better if I did. Basically, it's the same, it's, this is a similar situation to why I wouldn't want Nylea's presence is I think there are going to be some more interesting decisions if the mana is a little bit harder. Uh, kind of one of, honestly, the defining features of original Invasion was that the mana wasn't very good. If you wanted to play a lot of colors, you really had to work for it. Uh, there were green cards that could fix your mana. You had to be base green and really, really prioritize those cards that could fix your mana. And I think that this set might be doing something similar where you can like splash a bunch of value kickers, but you have to really mean it. And otherwise, you're going to play, you know, maybe a normal two-color deck. Next up, what do you think this draft environment inherits, inherits from the first Dominaria? Well, what do we mean by the first Dominaria? Dominaria was the setting of magic for the first, you know, decade or so. And, you know, there, there was the previous Dominaria set that was the first time I set it was called that. But that set was very much, you know, a reference to older Dominaria and kind of felt most closely linked to invasion as, as, you know, the way in which like, you know, we see like similar themes when we return to other planes. I think of the previous Dominaria set and this as really a kind of in spirit feeling like a return to invasion. That being the set that introduced Kicker and has kind of similar like end domain so as far as what this inherits from Invasion, some gold stuff, but uh, more it, this is focusing on Kicker, including Off-Color Kicker and Domain. But Invasion is, of course, a very old set, and this is kind of a modern take with very, very different design understandings. Next up, if Domain is your archetype, should you be playing some basic lands even though your deck might not be using them? I think that that really depends on how many Domain payoffs you have, how big the payoff is, and how easy it is on your mana. But if you can afford it, it's certainly sometimes right to, you know, play a swamp with no way to use black mana because you have a bunch of Domain things. How much do you think Domain decks will want to splash lands to... Oh, this is, yeah, similar, the same question. Yeah, same question, same answer. It just depends on like, you know, I, I haven't looked closely at the rares. If I wouldn't be surprised if there are some rare. So I don't know if there are any or how many. Well, so I know I know that at least in the commander set, there are a bunch of five color rares. Are there a bunch of five color rares in the actual booster set? I am not sure. Let me check. No, it looks like they have not announced any five color rares in the actual boosters. So I don't know if they're going to be like, you know, it, normal domain cards just like add, get like one step better as you get one additional land type. 
I don't know if there are going to be or if there already are uh, cards that like. And then if you have all of them, it's twice as good or something. The more of that there is where there's like some special bonus for doing it all, uh, the more likely it is that someone will like play, you know, two or three or four colors to have a reasonable mana base and then have one of the off color land to like make the dream happen to like get the big payoff. What's my impression of the Defender Matters sub-theme that seems to exist based on what I've seen so far? So it looks like there's an uncommon Defender Matters uh, like wall in blue and in black. And I don't know how many actual Defenders we've seen at Common. I suspect that there will be some. I suspect that it will be a pretty minor sub-theme. I like that it exists because it lets you you know really be a dedicated like defensive deck no way of knowing how powerful it is without knowing whether it's supported at common thoughts on the tricks so far green getting a modal instant prey upon slash uh hunt the week with uh one one counters seems terrifying um so i really like as you know when i was talking at the beginning about uh, how they're like these, you know, little cards, that, like timely interference is a blue instant common single blue to cast kicker one in a red target creature gets minus one minus zero until end of turn. If the spell is kicked, that creature blocks this turn if able draw a card. So I really like that there are a lot of different ways that you can use this card. You can just use it as cycle for a single blue mana. You can try to arrange a combat where you save one of your creatures for a single blue and uh, kind of get a two for one, but one that's like really hard to engineer. Or you can go to three mana and then use it to force your opponent to uh, block and attack with a bigger creature to kill their creature and draw a card and get a two for one that way. That's a good example of the kind of card that I was talking about where there are just like a lot of different ways to... uh, play it and to decide when you want to try to get value how you want to try to get value and whether you want to just like you know cash it into cycle and i think that those decisions in general are going to be pretty interesting and i think that the set in general the tricks are more like that than they are in other sets um there's more just like this is a you know good reasonable trick that I can get some amount of value now, but maybe I want to save it to get more value in a more like straightforward way and stuff. Next up, enlist looks a little clunky to me. Aside from banding, are there any other attacking matters mechanics that uh, can compare it to? Uh, other thoughts on how enlist is likely to play out in this format? Yeah, so. One of the big differences between Enlist and uh, Exalted, which is another kind of similar mechanic, in that both of them have like your creatures that aren't attacking support your creature that is attacking to make a single big attack, is that Exalted functions as like semi-haste, where when you play a new creature with Exalted, it immediately impacts combat by uh, making your existing creature uh, bigger in that combat. And Enlist doesn't do that because the creature has to not have summoning sickness. Enlist feels different than the other support and attacker mechanics that we're used to, where often those are kind of some form of pseudo haste and Enlist isn't, which is probably why it feels clunky. I like that in this set because it makes the mechanic 
less aggressive. It's not about my creature gives me extra damage because of enlist. It's about eventually breaking through. It's now I can, instead of attacking with two creatures, make a single big attack so that it's harder for you to block. Um, so that I can, you know, if I'm playing white and I have these little enlist guys, I can add their power together to attack into your big green creature, where otherwise I wouldn't be able to make this attack. And uh, I like that. Um, I think that it's going to... So I talked about how there aren't a lot of, you know, exalted style mechanics to break through board stalls. Enlist, obviously, is the closest that we have to that. And it's not really that far. It is, you know, a dedicated attacking mechanic that makes blocking hard. But uh, it makes blocking hard in a way that feels more like it gives you some kind of inevitability, like it pushes through eventually, it keeps the pressure on, rather than like, you know, getting extra damage earlier, somehow kind of functionally giving your creatures uh, that don't have haste some sort of haste variant. It's not that, it's a little bit more grindy, and notably it's uh, very good to chump block enlist things, uh, if, you know, unless they have both enlist and trample. I think that I like it. I think that it exists in a pretty good space. The fact that you need to tap the extra creature means that you really have to be the aggressor to do it because it, um, you know, you don't block well in this situation. But I think that it does. I like when white kind of plays like it has banding, even when uh, banding doesn't actually exist. I had a seventh edition casual constructed deck that I played with on Magic Online for some reason at some point that had like creatures that could tap to make attackers bigger and had like crossbow infantry that can like tap to do a damage to an attacking or blocking creature. And the way that my creatures combined felt very much like playing with banding, which is, is an experience that I have and remember. I know a lot of people have not played with banding. I'm very old and have been playing forever. And I think banding while it's kind of a rules nightmare, is a very flavorful mechanic. It makes a lot of sense thematically for white creatures to be able to like work together uh, on attacking. And it's space that I like white having access to. So I'm excited to see how Enlist plays as a way to give white this kind of mechanic and space that feels very right for white to have access to. List seems like it punishes high toughness creatures pretty hard. I agree with that. It is definitely much like it's much harder to get virtual card advantage from a single high toughness creature in a world where your opponent can just use enlist to make a big attacker to get through it. That's certainly something to keep in mind when figuring out how your control deck is going to stabilize. It suggests prioritizing like removal as the way to buy time rather than blockers as the way to buy time and also uh, rewards chump blocking, uh, which suggests, you know, like that might be what's going on with like black white is maybe, you know, your opponent tries to attack you with an enlist thing and you just like hit them with a token, like block with a token and drain them or whatever makes the defender archetype seem pretty bad. Yeah, uh, I mean, Defender is likely not going to match up well against Enlist. Obviously, not all colors and not all creatures have Enlist. So, you know, it might just be like, well, you use a removal spell on your opponent's couple of creatures that actually have Enlist, or, you know, it 
might line up well against other sorts of aggressive decks or whatever. But certainly, Inlast is good play against defenders. As they call us 3-2, Scry 2 appreciably better than Chromecat. Is Scry 2 meaningfully better than Scry 1? Scry 2 is meaningfully better than Scry 1. Strictly better is often a big deal. Uh, that said, the card is certainly nothing special. It depends on just how bad mana bases are. Um, it is a card that you can always cast that can help uh, fix your mana and everything, but I, I don't expect it to be particularly good. Okay, I think that's going to wrap us up for this week. Next week, uh, we'll certainly have the full set, and we'll be getting pretty close to the ability to just play with it. There's a chance that I'm going to delay the podcast until after Wednesday and record... Um, kind of a first impressions of actually playing with the set uh, instead of recording on Wednesday. Uh, more news on that as we get closer. Thanks for tuning in, and I will be back next week when we can really dive into this set. I'm looking forward to it. Have a good weekend, everyone, or week, or whatever amount of time <laughs> you're working with here. Uh, bye for now. Bye.